I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I just felt like I found my identity. Like yeah. I really found the person that I am. And, and I don't think people realize like as mixed race people, no matter what your mix is, you're very chameleon-like and you can kind of lean into lots of different cultures and ethnicities. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week, I am joined by model, body-positive content creator, and refuge ambassador, Aisha Perry-Iqbal. Welcome, gorgeous. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right, Nate. I am, uh, I've got a brand new mic. You're the first person I've used it for, and I'm very excited. Honestly, I wish I had a fancy mic, too. <laughs> Well, babe, when you wall up and out about six of these some weeks, I, I, you, you need one. You absolutely yes. need one. Do you like it? We haven't got a name for her yet. I'll let you, you could pick a name if you like. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not going to do that because she's your mic because she's your baby. So you need to pick the name. Yeah, but I love a, her. It is a lot of pressure. Me producer just um, hazarded a guess at Michael this morning and she got really rudely shot down by me. So it's probably best if you don't hazard a guess, <laughs> to be honest. I'm yeah. quite precious already. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for agreeing to join with. Of course. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. So I suppose you're kind of, you wear a lot of hats, Aisha, don't you? Like you're... Yeah. You're a, mo- a model, a content creator. Obviously, you have this brand new role with the guys at Refuge, which I'm going to get into later. But I suppose I just wanted to chat to you first about how you got into modeling. I mean, obviously, for me, who's looking straight at you, it's pretty obvious why, because you're fucking gorgeous. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank Did you, you always want to be a model? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I um I did theatre and acted, dance and singing my whole life. And I went to I moved to LA when I was twenty one. <gasps> was that exciting or was that nerve wracking? Um, I think it was a bit of both. But I kind of like overrode the nerves with just like, wow, this is going to be a new experience. This is amazing for me and. I grew up in Wales and I was kind of feeling alienated because there was just a lot of white people and growing up mixed race at the time, there wasn't so many mixed race people where I was and also not being like Asian and white. So for me, I just felt super alienated and with like being curvy also. So then when I moved to the States and I basically got off the plane, there was so many different ethnicities, so many mixed race people. And I just instantly felt like I could see myself and other people, those people to relate to. There was ways to find myself and I just felt like at home. So the nerves went away really quick. 
when I first moved over there. That's so amazing. So obviously in my head, I was just thinking like, fuck, because I remember going to uni at 18 and I only went to Liverpool, which I thought was like a huge, a huge, great big leap. And you know, at that age it is, I'm not diminishing that at all. But like, fucking hell, you went to the other side of the world. So all I'm thinking is, God, I would have missed my friends. I would have missed my family. But I suppose I never had those feelings of, not being represented, not feel like feeling slightly alienated. So actually it in a way must have felt like going home, you know, like really I suppose uh, I, Yeah, in a sense. I just felt like I found my identity. Like yeah. I really found the person that I am. And and I don't think people realize like as mixed race people, no matter what your mix is, you're very chameleon like and you can kind of lean into lots of different cultures and ethnicities. And for me, I have friends now from all over the world like and I've been to all different countries where my friends were born and different things and I've taken all of those those different cultures and those experiences and it's made me so worldly and it's just added to me being so much more comfortable with my ethnicity so yeah I'm really grateful for my experience moving that's lovely I'm a firm believer that travel like broadens your mind like like um helps you grow as a person like makes you sort of like I just think more interesting so that's absolutely that's good to know and did you like LA I love LA I still live there now fuck I saw am I talking to you from LA no I'm in oh. London right now because okay. I'm doing other stuff here with um refuge but I've been in LA for 11 years that's oh my god that's so exciting mate so I've never been to um LA I actually have problems getting in America <laughs> um, I'm really nice now but I used to be a right little bastard so um Joe, Bi Joe Biden's feeling a bit hesitant and I can't blame him based on my uh checkered criminal past uh, it felt like if I sang it it would make it less awkward and it didn't anyway um yeah so I'm dying to go to LA but obviously can't really um so tell me everything it, somebody was saying to me like it's this amazing like juxtaposition of beautiful incredible shops on Rodeo Drive and like Hollywood Hills and fancy hiking and everyone doing green juice and then like you walk around the corner and it's actually quite scary is that true um I so LA is very it's a vast area so it's a it's a city that's really spread out in lots of different areas so um if you're downtown for example that would be where the homeless people are but you don't really see that in general around all parts of the city but I would say the same as in London, you know how like East London is very hipster and then West London's very upscale and expensive. Central London is very touristy. Um, I feel like in that sense, that's what LA is, but it's much more spread out. Oh, okay. Well, that actually makes perfect sense. Um, so you're in LA, you are at a drama school. Was that like, was that just like being in fame, the film? Um, uh, I'm not sure it was much more strenuous and okay. hardcore on my mental and physical health than it is in fame, but it definitely had a vibe of that. What I really loved about going to drama school over there was American people are just much more outgoing when it comes okay. to like singing and theater and, and whatever. So, cause obviously Broadway is from New York. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was really weird to just go into the, the cafeteria and everyone's like singing and dancing. Everyone's really loud because American people are just loud. Yeah, they are. So, That's the stereotype, isn't it? But it's a bit true when it comes to like drama students. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially um, considering my friend group, the majority of us were from all, all different parts in the world, different parts of America. And we all just like came together and it created this like circle of creativity and loudness and 
whatever. And it was, re- it was really great. I loved drama school. It was, oh, it didn't give me a proper image of what LA was like though. It was very much a bubble, but it was great. But then I think, you know, whether you're at uni, whether you're at um, drama school, like wherever you choose to go, like it is a bubble. You don't, you're not living yeah. um, like sort of in the real world. It's a little step, you know, it's that next step yeah. into being a grown up. So I think that's a pretty normal experience to be fair. Can I just ask why LA? Like, obviously I'm sure there's loads of people who'll be listening to this who'll think, God, that sounds amazing. How did she get in? How did she, why did she choose to go there? So maybe if you could give them some advice. You know what? I was auditioning for drama schools in London and um, I auditioned for a particular drama school, which I won't name the name of. Which shall uh, remain nameless because I feel like they're about to get dragged. <laughs> yes. um, I auditioned two years in a row and I got down to the last round. And if anyone is in theatre or is auditioning for drama school, they know that it is like so many different rounds of auditions. They only maybe uh, take at tops 20 people a year yeah. per school. So, so it's um, competitive, you know? It's very competitive. Okay. And I got down to the last round two years in a row. And on my second year, the head of the musical theatre department came out to me and was like, we absolutely love you. We think you are so talented, but you just don't fit in the musical at the end of the year. And to me, that said all I needed to know about the fact that because of my ethnicity, again, I was not going to be accepted because they couldn't see me in the musical at the end of the year. And I mean, I know that it has evolved now, 11 years later, but at the time, you did not see Asian people, especially not mixed race people, not on TV, not in theater, especially not in theater. So, yeah. Fucking hell. How did that feel, mate? Because like, even like just hearing it secondhand, like I could cry. It it feels so unfair and unjust. It just made me feel like I wasn't good enough or that like I couldn't play. I would never have an opportunity to be in the industry at all as a creative entity because my parents had decided to not just be one ethnicity <laughs> and I was mixed race and how, and how dare they <laughs> man I'm so, so sorry so obviously then you you know you thought if I can't get to where I need to be in this country I'm gonna broaden my net so to speak you know what it just kind of came up to be honest it, it I don't even know how I must have been like on my computer an advertisement came up came up for the school in LA and they were auditioning they had one audition a year in London and it was the same day that I got rejected from the other place ah serendipitous so I was annoyed so I just said you know what I am taking myself over to this other audition so I did did everything that I the the same monologue the same song didn't even prepare for this audition so this wasn't the school for me it it wasn't the place I thought I needed to go and they called me gave me a scholarship and I was like you know what I'm going to LA that's it and I just didn't even look back that was it I just went Good for no, but that's so brave and so exciting, and also like it's clearly paid off for you. So then, did you start working within the world of acting straight away, or did you just no? So (laughs) it's been I've had a whole journey in LA. So um, after college, I had one year of basically extra papers that would enable me to work for a year, and like a visa type thing. Yeah, so you would have to work within the industry, but it is actually impossible to come straight out of college and be working to the extent that I would need to work to be able to to get a different visa or whatever so I was working at um I was actually working at uh, a movie theater because still it's under the industry bracket okay sneaky little loophole it was sneaky but I did it because technically (laughs) it's not wrong 
So I was working there sweeping popcorn, literally. And I went to go see a manager about acting. And he was like, well, you're so pretty, but you're just too big. So you're either, and you're also too pretty to be the best friend. So it was basically, I was too big to be the lead, but I was too pretty to be the best friend. How can like, people get away with saying shit like that in this day and age? This industry, they they say and do very crazy, disgusting things, especially to women, especially ethnic minorities. So I don't think um, I've got a thick enough skin for it. Like I absolutely couldn't hear this stuff. Have you must yeah. be really tough. Yeah. <laughs> I just sat there and I was like, well, okay. Cause so I was thinking, like, so is he telling me that I need to lose weight or I need to be ugly? Like, I don't get it. Fuck. I mean, I feel like as a man, he has no right to tell you any of these things anyway. As a human being, he has no right but to tell you, know you any of men these in things. The industry, men in the industry will excuse it with, well, this is just how you're going to make money. And I'm just telling you in an honest space so you can do whatever you need to do in the industry, which. Again, it's still not warranted, but you know, misogynists are everywhere. So um, that a few nights after that, I went to dinner with my with my friends, and this was like right when like the curve modeling thing was just starting. Um, Ashley Graham was out, one of the pioneers of the curve modeling industry. Um, but there wasn't really many girls in LA doing it. They were doing it though, and they were like, you know, you should just start modeling. And I was like, Oh God, that's like the last thing I would want to do. Uh-huh. But then they made me take my digitals and I got signed to a good agency, a curve modeling agency within the week. And I was like, you know what? Let me just give this a go. Maybe this is my way into the industry. Yeah. Maybe just go for it. So I went for it and I ended up finding out that I was the only Pakistani plus model in the United States. And wow. Well, at least you got you got the market covered. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it also came with a lot of different issues being the first one and in the curve industry on top of it. So as a whole, we're pioneering for curvy women, for plus size women to be able to be seen and to be represented in the fashion industry. And then on top of it, I'm battling my ethnicity, being the only one and paving the way for all of us. Um, There are obviously now other girls that are getting opportunities and it just makes me so happy when I see them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. But it just, at, at the beginning, it was really difficult to try and, like, muster through get the jobs done and get the opportunities for the jobs and yeah I think that's an awful lot of pressure 
Like, I, I don't know if I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, mate, but I would feel like super proud of myself, you know, to be paving the way kind of thing, but also feel like I wasn't just doing it for myself. I was kind of doing it for like a whole, like a whole nation of women as well. Did you ever to feel honest, that? I feel like a lot of the choices in my career have been for women and yeah. especially for ethnic women in lots of aspects of my career. And it's very fulfilling. And it's not just because I want to be seen as the person paving the way. It just need there needs to be change yeah. in so many aspects for women. And I just feel really passionate about it. And I really enjoy working on it. So yeah, it's it it doesn't feel like pressure anymore. Yeah. Um, not with modeling anyway. It did feel like pressure in the beginning, but now I just exist as who I am. And if you like me, great. If you don't okay bye you know what I mean so yeah is it really lovely to feel like um you are finally being accepted for exactly who you are like I know that there's probably still so much progression we need to have in terms of like acceptance um for like plus size curvy models whatever but it definitely feels like we're going in the right direction I feel like it's not necessarily an acceptance in the industry or in the world though I think it's just women who are of women who are curvier or bigger in whatever aspect they're just being unapologetic now and it's not even I don't even think is that people are more accepting women are just more unapologetic and I love that for us yeah I suppose people have got no choice whether they want to accept it or not if you're owning who you are and embracing what you look like you just people just have to roll with the agenda yeah and I honestly there are a lot of things wrong with the body positive movement with the plus size industry it's not all positive and great and whatever I agree that you should love yourself at whatever size that you are but I I do believe that you need to be happy and healthy healthy being the the key word and you know healthy looks different on everyone and happy also looks different on everyone but to be healthy and happy is to look after your mind, your body and your soul, putting the right foods in your body, working out whatever it is that helps your mind, your soul. And I think overall, it's to become the best version of yourself. So however that looks for you is different. But yeah, it's to also bear that always bear that in mind. So is that what body positivity means to you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right, babe, you know, like I've always said as a, as a woman who has been really really honest about the difficulty I've had coming to terms with my body, you know, and it's ever fluctuating shape. Um, I'm sort of 35 now. And I finally realized that actually being really skinny never brought me happiness or peace. Like I was constantly hungry (laughs) and subsequently very hangry. Um, not a, not a nice person to be around. It's very boring. <laughs> you know, like training twice a day and counting how many blueberries you put on your porridge is absolutely no way to live. Um, but also I found like the polar opposite of that where I just completely um, wasn't listening to what my body needed and was living in an unhealthy way, you know, like too many takeaways, drinking all the time. I found I wasn't happy there either because I just yeah. think my men- my mental health suffered, you know. Um, so it's taken me to being about 35 to realize that actually like my happiness lies in the middle, you know, um, I love to work out predominantly just because it puts me in a really good mood. Um, but also I'm, I'm always going to have like boobs in a bum and I'm really, I'm okay with that. 
But don't you think like hitting 30 just puts you in a new space and mentality about how you feel about yourself and your body and what you will accept from outside sources? Yeah. As no, far I mean, as like, what you should look like. Yeah, I think. I feel that way when I hit 32. 30 is like such a, such a wonderful milestone for women, actually. Absolutely. Like I got really in my own head about it. And I, I don't know about you. Um, you I, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It's like, you're saying goodbye to your twenties. And I think society kind of convinces you that means you're like saying goodbye to your youth or something um, yeah. and all the fun things. But my twenties for me were racked with like re- some really like ugh, some really difficult moments, you know, like I was learning about myself but I was having to do it in front of like millions of people, which is not actually a very healthy or great space to grow up in. Actually, you're meant to be able to make mistakes without everyone judging you all the time, you know? So yeah, there was that, like I was constantly riddled with self-doubt and insecurity. Um, just wanting to look like everyone else, but actually like my body wasn't the same as everyone else's. I don't know. I just wasn't, I, I wasn't really happy in my twenties and then I fucking got a 30 and I was really scared about this because everyone convinces you, you know, all oh, your life's over. Um, and it's been class. I've absolutely loved my thirties so far. How old are you? Uh, I'm 32. Okay, babe. So, I mean, I've got it, like, listen, it just, it's actually getting better every year I get older. Honestly, it's been the same for me. <gasps> I, I was exactly what you're saying. I felt that way too about being afraid to hit 30 and I just thought my life was over. But this has been the prime of my life. Yes. Prime <laughs> in every aspect. Like I just feel better overall. I have more energy. I'm going around doing whatever I want. I don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. Also, the sex is much better in your 30s when you're a woman. God, you made me blush a little bit there. Normally, I'm the one who makes people blush. Um, yeah, do you know what? I think it's because, and it's going back to what you said earlier, this word unapologetic, isn't it? Like, you yeah. just are. And I think, like, in my 20s, I would have been dead scared to say, like, oh, a little bit to the left, or I like it there, or, like, no, let me do this. I would have never done it, you know? But, like, in my 30s, I'm very much, like, you know, I'm not afraid to ask for what I want or say what I want. And actually, that's a blanket statement. I don't just mean like in the bedroom, potentially. I don't just mean like when I'm yeah. like to my stylist. I mean, like professionally, I mean, in friendships, I mean, relationships, like we're just, I think you find your stride in your 30s and you're so much, so much less likely to do things that make you unhappy to please others. Yeah. And what I really learned, like in my 29 going into 30 was how to set healthy boundaries mm, important. I feel like I didn't know how to express a boundary previously yeah. and I'm not saying that like when you're in your 30s you're perfect because you're obviously ever evolving especially if you're constantly working on yourself um but I do feel that being able to set healthy boundaries has been such a great thing for me personally and then also when it comes to sex in particular I just feel like I'm I'm not just having sex because I find someone attractive like I was doing in my 20s. Yeah. Like now there's so many things like mental stimulation and stuff like that that I would need for me to want to have sex with someone which ultimately makes the sex better and I'm also just more in tune with my body and everything else. So it all just together is like a match. Oh, it's just, it's just- Oh, it's just electric. <laughs> but then I think like, you know, if you're having that um that connection with someone on every level, it's bound to feel um more special and more exciting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But we don't even think about that, especially in our early twenties, I don't think. 
Oh, mate, honestly, in my teens and 20s, like, I feel like I did not know what I was doing sexually. Like, I actually was probably just really wishing it would be over because I had no clue. I honestly don't think I... And I, I feel like, for the most part, and this is really bad, like, I probably was just, like, was just doing it because the fella wanted to. Is that That's really bad, isn't it? Nah, and do you know what's really bad is, like, the women in their late teens, early 20s, uh, yeah. a lot of our sexual experience are coercion yeah. from the males that we end up having sex with. When I look back on my early 20s, I could probably tell you that maybe 80% of the people I had sex with were people that I got coerced into having sex with. Yeah. And when you say that word coerced, right, it comes with such like heavy negative connotation, right? But like, I know exactly what you mean. Like sometimes like I just knew it was what was expected of us in a relationship or it was what like a fella wanted. So I do it because I wanted to make him happy. And that in the mildest sense is just coercion as well, isn't it? I mean, men don't know what consent is at all and they need to be taught that. But I think that when it comes to women, I think we don't know how to say, it's not yeah. even that we should have to say no. If we're giving off a body language that means yeah. no, I don't know why a man thinks that they can still keep going. It's, it's, it's all about consent. It's all about boundaries. And also, I think, loving yourself enough that you put yeah. yourself in positions with the right people, which we understand that in your early, late teens, early 20s, you, you don't really think about those things because you're still finding yourself and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's su like super problematic, but I feel like, you know, I say a lot more now and like every generation, we're all just doing our best, you know, like my mom... Mm -hmm her man before her they all just do their best right I feel like now the like the type of child I want to raise whether it be a girl or a boy like I want to raise a boy who is like so respectful of women you know just like absolutely understands consent understands like what is appropriate understands like how they should be treated like everything you know yeah. like queens. but then also I want to raise a woman who completely understands like her self-worth is in, in no way like related to a man's but opinion. Do you not feel that as millennials, we're yeah. the first kind of generation that really even looked at our mental health? Am I a millennial? Yeah, you're. We're both millennials. Buzzing. Okay. So our fun. parents. So our parents back. They didn't even express their emotions in general. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. For us, we're the first generation that really looked at therapy at our mental health at what it looks like to be happy and healthy in every aspect. And I think even Gen Z, who's like the, the generation below us, they're, the ones, they're yeah. even more um, into those things and being accepting of themselves and, and finding their identities. And I really believe that, you know, the children that we will be bringing up, we just have worked so hard to instill those things in ourselves that yeah. why wouldn't we be giving a different look for a child growing up with us? that's a I honestly think that's a really optimistic and very like wonderful thought is that we're going to bring up really lovely children um and that makes me really, really happy yeah really? I think we we will but I you know you can't speak for everyone but it's no. very clear <laughs> that we are understanding of ourselves and accepting of what it is that's good and bad about ourselves and you know a wanting and able to talk about things with our children to even give them a safe space to have their own emotional understanding and intelligence, which I think other generations weren't afforded. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good point, mate. Um, that was really lovely. Thank you so much for joining us in part one. Will you come back in part two, please? Yes, of course. <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.